You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what will be your Monday episode of Locked On Browns. A lot to get to here Browns-wise as far as NFL-wise and some other things, and we'll get to all this. Your host, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show at Locked On Browns. Joined by at underscore Pete Smith underscore from Sports Illustrated. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Reliably low prices. Again, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Before we dip into this a little bit Browns-wise, Pete, the state of Ohio got back to some normalcy over the weekend. And everybody you know who listens to the show... Obviously, we talked about Pete and the Streetsboro program and him and his fellow coaches and everything they went through last year where they had a phenomenal season. But Pete, first taste of maybe some normalcy in the state of Ohio. High school football played this weekend. And, you know, for to the point to this point, everything, you know, the reviews are positive as far as where everything is going. But it's just nice to finally start to see some, you know, tiptoeing back to what is normal life well i mean even though we we did play uh there were thunderstorms all over ohio and we started an hour late and a bunch of teams postponed to the following day so even with the you know get actually getting the game in it was still anything but normal uh but no it was great to finally be able to do stuff and you know uh actually play after all the work and everything uh, our, our, our team put into this off season. And, you know, we had one scrimmage thrown together late. So it was a little uh, interesting to actually go from there to, to uh, the playing field and, and that aspect of it. But I mean, that, that, that's what everybody's working for. So finally getting to, to do it, finally getting to, you know, see what we're, you know, building towards uh, was nice. And now, obviously, it, it feels more business as usual in terms of just the, the season. Uh, it should, it should anyway, this week with a tip, traditional schedule uh, and uh, kids start going back to school and all that stuff. Um, it's, you know, steps towards the right path. And I think this is what everybody's hoping for. We slowly get back to, you know, what was our normalcy, um, which was like right before St. Patrick's Day. And I mean, we're talking folks almost, you know, five and a half months at this point. The Browns now today. And this is today was a good day um, just for the sake of Pete back in the first energy stadium. First sights of the stadium, obviously in ages. Obviously, the Browns would have been there early in August before they started the preseason schedule. And we start to get, you know, we got to see preseason games, but just to see the stadium, which looks fantastic. Get to see today, which turned into obviously, you know, a, you know, quarterback versus quarterback scrimmage. Um, The new uniforms. uh, It just, we're slowly trending back into normalcy there, but, but today as a whole, Pete, just to see the stadium again, just to see the players in the new uniforms and to get to this level here, and, you know, we'll get into this year. Um, obviously, the offense needed a day like today, which they did ultimately achieve. But, you know, Pete, we're, you know, right about now, 
two weeks from now, if everything goes right, we're going to be talking, you know, we're going to be doing the post-game show from week one. And we've all talked about this and, you know, the difficulties and nobody was ever against the football season. It was just trying to see how this could possibly work and be manipulated and get ourselves to here. But now here we are, you know, a little taste of college football last night. The numbers as far as, you know, COVID positive tests are miraculously doing really, really well. We're, Pete, we're less than 13 days away from kicking this off. And I think for you, me, and so many people who cover this, and guys, trust me, nobody was ever rooting against this. This pays bills for me. It pays bills for Pete's. It, it pays bills for so many hundreds, if not thousands of others. But now we're starting to see that this may be and come to fruition, Pete. Well, my my immediate reaction when all these people were talking about two weeks from the Ravens was, well, that means about four days, maybe even less than that, before we start with cuts. Uh, that after all this, uh, all the protocol stuff that now we're dealing well, with, with a couple of today, of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you still got to conduct business that, uh, you know, after all of the precautions to get everybody in the building and safe and all that stuff that, uh, you know, the 80 players and all that, that this is the week where you're going to start going down to 53 uh, and it's going to go quick. And, and from that standpoint, even though, you know, they've been practicing for a while, it felt like, you know, it felt fast from that standpoint. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see the stadium and 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 uh, you know, you, the uniforms. That was a, a big talking point for the broadcast. Uh, I think overall the broadcast has gotten better um, in terms of being able to show more. Obviously, they still have a lot of ads. Uh, but <laughs> there's, you know, it was. You want a puppy, Pete? Pete, do you need a puppy? I can get you a puppy, Pete. I know people that can get you a puppy. Well, yeah. So it, it was it was good from that standpoint. You obviously you know see things like Dearness Johnson jumping to the dog pound, even though it's empty. Uh, you had some things that were not normal, you know, not traditional uh, with with the the speeches beforehand and stuff like that. But then it became you know a practice, and then they had a little bit of that uh, full go scrimmage stuff. So from that standpoint, it was it was uh, it it felt more normal, uh, I guess. Um, I mean, it's an opportunity. It felt like, I guess, progress more than anything else. I think for me, um, today was in, look, I think with the way practice opened with the players speaking about their openness and, you know, honest about how they want to work together and strive for change. And as the more and more this goes through any professional sport, league you want this and you, you respect these guys for doing what they're doing and using the platform and it's not just solo it's it, it's everybody trying to do it in uniform and understanding that the power is going to be in numbers and i think it really set a tone for the day because there were highlights on offense and on defense and we'll get to this after our first break as far as you know the action today but I think it's the more and more the understanding of, you know, granted the NFL is 80, MLB, obviously the roster is 28, you know, in NBA, the rosters as they, you know, constructed. But I think it's more and the more of the understanding of, 
I've got you, you've got me, let's all get together and work together. And, you know, look, it may not lead to great change, but at least we are all in unison striving to create some change. Well, yeah, there's a couple underlying themes that have reached across sports. The big one um, is voting and uh, registering people to vote and getting stadiums and arenas and stuff to act as polling stations. Um, Cleveland was sort of ahead of, on this front. The the uh, Some of the, the facilities around here were already going to be doing that, uh, and they should be because they're taxpayer-funded. Uh, and then some of the other stuff uh, that, that is important uh, to them. And, and, you know, I'm in that group too, uh, that it's sort of waiting to see how it goes from here. There are things they want to do, which is great. It's, you know, it's just sort of waiting to see how that, um, comes to fruition. There's certainly a more unified sense of purpose, not only from the Browns, which I think has been a benefit, but just from professional athletes in general. Uh, I think there's, less you know one person sort of tweeting their feelings and you know you've got a a united front and message from these people that these are the things we want these are the things we're trying to do and here's how we're going to try to get there so it feels from that standpoint like it has more staying power it was certainly uh it stood out that they, they, they read the speech uh, or, you know, the, the speeches or however you want to put it with Baker Mayfield, then Larry Ogunjobi, then Jarvis Landry. I, I thought the PA part of it was unnecessary. I thought it uh, sort of had too much feedback, but um, nevertheless, it, you know, it was, it stood out because it's not something, you know, we've ever really seen before. And the NFL, um, you know, has, has mentioned the, this possibility that like some people would sit out games and that never really felt realistic just because it was, you know, multiple weeks after the fact and it felt too disconnected. Whereas baseball and basketball and uh, hockey and all this were happening right now. So it could have more of a live reaction, but it was sort of like there between practices, uh, teams that didn't practice or teams that did things uh, on the days they were uh, intending practice um, is sort of their way to make sure that that people understand that they're sort of where you know the NFL players are here and they're going to be a part of this and they're going to be involved. It, it was look, we haven't even gotten to the actual football part of it, but you know today was you know a, a positive part, and especially in a city as diverse as Cleveland. And look, if you're against it, I mean, you probably don't listen to this podcast anyway. You know where Pete stands, obviously. You know where I stand. We're striving for the better good of everyone. And it's, you know, being a uniform as, you know, not as a race, just as, you know, inhabitants of the United States. Just everybody stepping together forward in understanding and respecting each other. We're going to get into, obviously, the good things that went down today in First Energy Stadium. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on what will be your Monday Locked on Browns. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. Go to RockAuto.com because they are for everybody and they do not require a membership 
or an account lock uh, log in. Rockauto.com is it has a catalog. It's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly look over all the parts available for your car or truck and the brands and the models and the makes that you own. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked in, in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you from Locked On. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Pete, we got to the scrimmage today. And, you know, obviously, you know, the way it was split up, but there were some things that we needed to see today. And it will forever go on, Pete, as far as number 85, David Njoku. We have always been a fan of the game. Obviously, we understand that 2019 was just an absolute loss for him. 2018, there was the emergence of a solid, solid player. And here we are, 23 years old, and today, you know, maybe shaking off some of the rust because it's certainly been to this point. But you see what there is in a player with David David Njoku's skill set, the athleticism, as long as you hit him, you know, above the belt. And we've talked about this. That's where the balls need to be with David Njoku. But this was just the beginning of what was a good day for a lot of people on the offensive side of the ball, Cleveland Browns-wise. Well, you know, for me, I think David Njoku could have dropped all three of those passes and he would have been fine. But uh, to a lot of people, people, you know, they're apparently thinking he's like close to being cut or something. They want to trade him for backup players that aren't going to be a factor. I don't get it. He's a starter on this team. Uh, that's that's where he stands um, because he can do things that, that uh, at least at this point, Harrison Bryant can't, and he can do things that Harrison Bryant will never be able to do because he's just not the, not the athlete Njoku is. Um, this is sort of – they've been waiting for him. Um, this team picked up his option. They, all these things that, that they're, they, they want um, to – come to fruition with him but uh i don't think he's ever been in, in any danger of anything um but uh, you know it's nice to see i mean the, it may have been 50 yards or whatever the hell it was that uh he uh caught and ran and and those are the things that like sort of he offers that just you know they don't have you know austin hooper is athletic he can do some of these things but most of those guys just can't um so it was certainly good for him. Hopefully it, it helps him uh, feel like he's in a good spot and, and improve off that and build it because he's showing the things he can do. But there's just this, you know, you know, certainly drops haven't helped. I'm sure, you know, the wanting to trade and all that didn't help, but there are people who just don't get it. Uh, yes. He, he way overrated himself in terms of what he thought he was worth in, in terms of trade and stuff like that, but he's also a valuable player uh, to this team. And again, two tight ends for them are starters. So this idea that he's a backup or that all this, that some people think Harrison Bryant's ahead of him. He's just not. Uh, and that's, that's where this stands. And I don't think that's likely to change this year. Uh, I think Harrison Bryant's going to take a couple years to build up and hopefully he can. And uh, he'll still play. He'll still 
be a factor potentially, but he's more of a wing as opposed to an inline guy. Well, the thing with Njoku is, you know, and yes, he's had his ups and downs and maybe, you know, what they had spoken about through his ownership. But I go, I go back to what you said. And, you know, I, this is things that I, I've been embarking on as well is if it's not going to work here, it's just not going to work. I mean, it's catered to him. And we've talked about whether it's him, whether it's Donovan Peoples-Jones. When these guys are on the field, they are the fifth option within the skill players that are there. If you can't eat when it's basically being set up for you for the simplest of matchups and the easiest of opportunities, it doesn't matter because it's not just going to happen here. And that's where it's trending for David Njoku and even Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones is there's a lot of people in front of you as far as, you know, the, you know, the feed line, so to speak, that if you can't make it happen with what's being put in front of you now, it's just not going to happen ever. Yeah. I mean, there's look, you've got Odell Beckham, you've got Jarvis Landry, and then you add in Austin Hooper and you still have to deal with Nick Chubb that, you know, that what's, what's really uh, there to, to defend Najoku. I mean, that's the thing he uh, he's going to benefit from these matchups and you're hoping that he can uh, exploit them. And, and he may not have as much in terms of raw yardage as uh, you know, he, he could or might otherwise, but he may be a significantly more efficient player. And if he is, and he's, you know, he's helpful in blocking all those things. He makes the team better, significantly better. So that's worth it. I, I don't, I'm not worried too much about that. It's can he play well? Uh, can he make, you know, if he if he if he's more consistent catching the ball, he's uh, going to improve immensely just off that. But if he's more efficient, he's going to put up numbers and be a really valuable player. Uh, that you know, the Browns aren't, you know, aren't a a, a they aren't a bad team. So. When you have more talent and and you have uh, more guys around, some of their numbers may drop as a result. It's not, you know, if he's the main option, that's probably not a very good team. Here, he may be the fourth or fifth option in most circumstances, which would suggest if that he if he can play well, then the Browns are really good, which is certainly what they're hoping uh, they've put together. And that's even the thing with, you know, David, and we're going to get into some other players here. Um, Damian Ratley, Pete, it's been weird now for a couple of years. Um, you know, he strung together a, you know, weird rookie year to make it to the final roster. Last year, you know, missed almost, you know, 75% of, you know, the preseason granted games. This year, even crazier. And he's going to be in a tougher spot here. But you see that, you know, guys are starting to get comfortable. And we've talked about this for the first couple of weeks of, you know, training camp practices where it's not really looked good. And, you know, the good things have looked good. Obviously, Baker, Odell, Hooper, you know, Chubb and Hunt, they both look fantastic. But it's trying to figure out the the rest of the pecking order. And it may not change things for some guys, but it's starting to see, you know, where this offense is at, um, the what they can create, whether it's, you know, obviously between you know, the, uh, you know, stretch zone, whether it's the misdirection, the play action off of it. We got to see a lot more of it today where it was, you know, lock in rhythm. And I don't know why it was just today where everything seemed to look more, 
comfortable on the offensive side of the ball. We're, the, again, and this is why this day was needed. It was because everybody's just, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, it looked more crisp. It looked more, you know, play action, plant foot throw, whether it was Baker, you know, whether it was Case Keenum. And this is kind of what we were hoping for and understood it was going to take a while. But here we are, you know, getting closer and closer to regular season games. This was a big day as far as, you know, kind of everybody, because if your number was called, and this is kind of what we got comfortable with in 2018, your number was called, you made it happen. Yeah, I mean, look, they've got a lot of weapons, uh, which is what you want. Um, I I don't know why we keep having to, uh, you know, that this keeps coming up, uh, like the Baker Mayfield's not playing well or whatever. I, I never, I'm watching this lot, you know, as it's happening. I, I don't see anything that concerns me even a little bit. There are throws that you know that he misses that all of us would like him not to miss. I'm sure he would not, he would prefer not to miss. But it's not close as to who the better quarterback is. Like even it's not, they're not remotely close uh case keenum did a nice job in certain things uh but uh you know this is this is what they're building for is is mayfield being able to chuck the ball around and and get these guys i like the fact that particularly in the secondary there's so many guys that are competing at corner that that are making things interesting on both sides but you've got guys like odell beckham making plays you've got uh guys like uh like Damian Ratley and some of these other guys who, you know, Ratley uh, has missed basically all of last preseason and still made the team. And then this year he, he, you know, this year he was hurt and missed some time with a groin, but at least now he's getting to sort of make a case. Uh, and you see the size and the speed and those are, are, are why he's been kept around. Uh, but I don't, you know, the, 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 the field after the top two is competitive enough where it's hard to know, um, you know, how easy it's going to be to make the roster. I think it's going to be a pretty tight race. So uh, you need to be able to get those reps on there and, and be able to showcase yourself because they're just, it's it, nobody's good enough at that group that they can't sort of be forgotten, at least not yet. We got to give yourself an opportunity to go down swinging. And for Damian Ratley, obviously last year that was enough. This year we'll see. I mean, but it's it's a lot tighter competition this year than it was last year. We're going to continue on through here. Um, Monday edition of Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd with Pete Smith. If you're not subscribed on iTunes, on Spotify, let's go. Now is the time. Five star ratings are all the rage. I appreciate it. Written views as well. Um, again, iTunes, Spotify. If you're not subscribed to Lockdown Browns, please go ahead and take care of that for me right now. So now we're going to get to this couple of things here, NFL and Browns-wise. Um, I guess we'll start Browns-wise. Pete, Logan Ryan, obviously new um, agent. Um, the waiving of the five-day period is over. Um, Mary Kay Cabot, and God bless her. Hope it's true where the Browns may be interested. And this is one, Pete, where he's going to be, if they if they were to sign him, he would probably end up being the best safety on this team for the 2020 season. Granted, it would not even be an option if Grant Talbot were still here. But there's also the, you're getting $3.5 off of whatever you're paying him. Because originally, Pete, you had this committed 
to you know the roster you know pool uh, roster pool roster allocation of salary this season already but Andrew Billings obviously opted out I guess it's a question Pete with a player of Logan Ryan Logan Ryan is is where do they feel they're currently at in this franchise in the past there's been hesitation and pause as to where they thought they were as far as competing within the AFC but I guess this is what's going to be you know what would determine this move and also though it would be part of a analytical front where they could have had Logan Ryan for months do they now change what their approach is due to obviously an injury to Grant Telpit and maybe some other factors do they now decide that they're going to you know basically write a little bit more money than they originally were com- you know you know not so comfortable with but as far as you know bringing in a player here who can probably serve a need that they were hoping to get out of Grant Telpit well, um, I, I don't doubt that they would talk to him. I, I just – my expectation is they won't sign him. They'll, they'd offer him, you know, basically less than he'd be willing to take for a one-year deal, which he could probably do better elsewhere. Um, I, I this To me, this season isn't about 2020 so much, and certainly they want to do well and they want to do – you know, they want to progress and they want to be able to get in the playoffs and stuff. But I just don't think it's – all that important that they go harder in on a guy like Logan Ryan when they, as far as I can tell, they seem to like Sheldrick Redwine um, and Sheldrick Redwine can do that job. So if they're content with him, um, I don't see much point in trying to, you know, go over top. They need depth. Certainly they need to get somebody behind uh, uh, Redwine. They, they, they need to figure out whoever their strong safety is going to be, but I'm not overly concerned about, uh, adding Logan Ryan. Um, and I think in general, I think, uh, that, you know, he, first he's going to make, I think he's going to get more than three and a half million dollars, certainly. Um, but I, I just, I'm not that worried about adding him. I'm not panicked about the secondary. Could they run into some real issues this year? Sure. Uh, but I'd rather see, I'd rather develop red wine, assuming they believe he can do that job. Um, and, and go from there rather than bring in another temp, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, maybe gone in a year that won't help, then won't help you, or you sign him for a longer term deal and then you make it uh, weirder for uh, Grant Delpit. I just don't think it makes a ton of sense to go that route. I think they're better off moving, you know, going past. I'm more interested in signing a, knows i'm more interested in adding uh you know depth players that are going to see a lot of snaps uh in a rotation that that you know lost a lot in billings Uh, and you don't need heroes for that you just need depth uh i think you can you could spend bigger on a nose tackle because you are in a rotation where guys need reps but as far as safety I'm just to me. I'm I'm looking at depth. It, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. The Browns do their due diligence on just about everything. So if they make an offer uh, that he you know that that is agreeable, I could see it doing it. But I think he's going to end up going somewhere else. Uh, you know, potentially a team like the Chargers, for example, uh, that need help at safety. Uh, you know, there's been mention of Earl Thomas going there, which is, I guess, theoretically possible. But Derwin James, you know, that's not really what he does. Um, but Logan Ryan is a little bit more built to for the rigors of the NFL in terms of being able to tackle and some of those things. So 
even more interesting. But the bottom line is, I think there's 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 a market that's competitive enough that it won't be terribly interesting for the Browns. Well, my thing is, is if you can get Logan Ryan and the deal is eight million, you're essentially only paying him four and a half because you already committed three and a half. That's the only reason I keep going back to this, and I do think he fits what they are they were hoping for Grant Delpit. We'll get to this here now, NFL wise. Yannick Ngakwe, um, Pete, I, I don't know what exactly in the world Jacksonville is doing. And, you know, it, it finally got to this point. I mean, they probably should have listened for two to three months when he said, I am not playing football for you people this year. Um, but now, I mean, there was a time where you probably could have recouped a first round pick. And it's not that Jacksonville is hurting for draft capital and should be able to manipulate themselves in the 2021 draft however they want um but you know now he goes to minnesota um minnesota adds you know basically you know another notch in the arsenal for the 2020 season in which is going to be an interesting 20 uh interesting nfc north um but it's always you know don't ever settle and don't ever move on for less find when the time is right strike while the iron is hot they could have done better for Yannick Ngakwe. Um, just, you know, bad franchises stay bad, so to speak. Uh, there's certainly an element of that. Uh, I also think that Ngakwe sort of hurt their ability to negotiate uh, for him uh, by being so insistent. I think the, the Jags probably would have been better off basically telling him to eat it. And if he didn't want to play for him under the tag then, or whatever, then he didn't have to. Um, he could have just stayed home and not get paid. Um, he's apparently so desperate to get out that he took $6 million less from the Vikings for this year. Uh, and I don't know what, if any, uh, certainty they have in terms of being able to keep him. I mean, they can obviously franchise him next year, but I don't know if they – have sort of some handshake agreement or whatever that they're going to extend him. Um, he's a good player. He's he's a great pass rusher. He's sort of a limited run defender, but he fits what the Vikings want to do. Um, you know, I, I think he he could have been interesting for the Browns, but he's not full. You know, he's not he's not a full service player. He just uh, he's he's a really good pass rusher, and if you're con- comfortable with that then you can add him and certainly on a team with miles garrett you could do that um with the guaranteed money olivier vernon got maybe that hurt their negotiating ability maybe you know there was more possibility um i look at one of the teams that plays in east rutherford new jersey and i'm sort of confused where they were at on this one uh that seems very reasonable for what they need uh which is their quote pete their quote pete and from greg williams is He's not the type of pass rusher that fits with me because he's not multifaceted. Um, look, if you get after the quarterback, you get after the quarterback. Anything after that is gravy. But, you know, the Jets, you know, they're going to look lovely drafting top five again. Right. So, um, you know, <laughs> I, 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 it's hard to understand what – how the Jets sort of view things uh, because this, again, this seemed like the, the exact type of player they need um, to come off the edge and attack the quarterback uh, for 17 years when he's a, when he's a stand up end, uh, and that's what they, 
you know, or that's what they could have used him for. So it, it looks like a great deal for the Vikings right now. I'm, I guess I'm sort of curious where this goes on their half part of this. But the flip side of this is it just doesn't look like great for Jacksonville. And it's sort of the Bill O'Brien uh, aspect of uh, that's all you could get for DeAndre Hopkins type thing. And it's just you have to be disappointed that you couldn't get more than that um, with a player like that. And, and granted, they again, they you said it, they have a ton of draft capital and, and this – uh, gives them more cap room in the future, but because they had these things, they didn't really need a rush. And I, I, I guess I, I don't see the the point in, in moving on from them now. I, maybe there's some consideration about the future cap potentially going down that made them think about this. I, I'm I'm not I'm not seeing the logic here. And, and again, it's just one more thing. I, I think the Seattle Seahawks could have used Ngakwe more than they could have used uh, more than they could have used a strong safety, which doesn't make the strong safety a bad player. It's just uh, that seems to be more in line with what they not, uh, need, and I, I suppose they could have traded for him also. But uh, they just gave up so much, and they didn't seemingly need to. Well, and for me, it's and and you think of Jacksonville a few you know a few year, a few years removed from what they should have won in the AFC championship game, you know, in new England. And, you know, now here it is, you know, back to the bottom, you know, the, you know, the lowest of the low of the AFC. And I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe the return could have been better if they addressed it and approached it with more urgency and just listen to the fact that there was no way Ngakwe was going to be a long-term member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to put a bow on this here. Um, through uh, you know, Sports Illustrated, through Browns Digest on SI.com. Pete and his team are doing a fantastic job over there. Make sure you're checking that out. At Browns Digest, everything on SI.com. At underscore Pete Smith underscore. Myself, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Locked on Browns. All lowercase, always follow back account. DMs are open. Ideas, questions, anything for the show. Go ahead and hit me through either of those accounts. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the yellow bay. Let's go Browns.